Welcome to Sketch Therapist, the podcast that will improve your sketch life. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you some tips for sketching buildings. The month of March has been for sketching buildings in the Saturday classes that I do. So I thought it would be nice to do a kind of a special tip Sunday, uh, wrapping up a few of my favourite tips um, for when you're out and about in the street and you're you're sketching a building. Um, now, I say my favourite, but they're actually the favourites of my students. So the ones that they have said they have found most useful, um, most of a eureka moment, I suppose. And there's one that stands out above all of them that um, I'm, I'm, I'm only too delighted to share with you today. So there's a few tips I'm going to share today. We've got, uh, let me see, we've got about five, I think, special little tips that I think will make a big difference when you're painting buildings. So tip number one, um, how to choose your subject and your composition. Now, sometimes you don't get 100% of a choice when it comes to choosing your subject. Either you've been asked to paint a certain building, that happens a lot. Maybe it's a commission, maybe it's a gift for someone. Um, or maybe it's as simple as you can't find anywhere else to um, to sit and, and sketch and this is the one you're stuck with. But if you do have control over it, if, if, you, if you have control over the position um, that you see your, your building from, your, your viewpoint, I really recommend trying to paint it or trying to sketch it from a slight angle because um, even after all these years of sketching buildings, and <laughs> there have been many, there have been a great many, I, I find that sketching them face on um, an elevation, a front elevation can be a little on the dull side. Now, that's probably down to me and my um, my shortcomings as a sketcher. But I find that I'm much more likely to have success if I have, um, if not uh, the building itself done from an angle, then something um, done from an angle added into the composition. It just gives dynamism and um, a little bit of interest, a little bit of movement into the sketch. And I know you might be thinking, yes, but that means getting perspective. And sure, that's true. But I have a little trick for that too. And that brings me on to tip number two. And that is um, how to get the better of perspective, how to, um, how to, how to get your angles right in a building. Now, you probably know, you've probably made uh, some kind of an attempt to learn the rules of perspective. Um, now, I know the rules of perspective, but Lord knows I've done them enough times. But I find that um, there is really only one simple thing that will get you most of the way, I think. Find your eye level. Your eye level is horizontal and anything above that slopes down. Anything below your eye level slopes up. So with that in mind, I'm going to bring you on to tip number two, which is, I think, really, really useful. This is the one that was the biggest eureka moment, the most helpful moment for the students. And that is that you're nicely settled into your into your spot. You're 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 about to get going and you've you have in front of you a sheet of blank white paper that can be a little bit intimidating uh, at best and at worst um, it just kills all your creativity and your flow stone dead so a really good thing to do is before you start drawing any lines make a shape with just with your brush just with your watercolour um, mix up a very dilute colour doesn't really matter what colour you use but obviously because you're going to do it that dilute but obviously the, the, the closer you can get to the subject's true colour 
um, then the, the better, I suppose. So, for example, if I'm starting with a sloping um, roof line, then I'm going to mix up a colour that approximates to the colour of the roof. OK, so um, I'm going to refer to the to the sketch that's illustrating today's um, today's episode. And you can refer to that. You can have a look at that and see what you think. I think that, yes, it is. That is also in one of the reels that I have up on Instagram if you want to look at the making of it. So you mix up a very dilute colour. In um, the case of many, many roofs, you roofs, 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 I never know which it is. You um, won't go too far wrong if you mix up a, a mix of Payne's Grey and Burnt Umber. Um, get it going very, very dilute, not too watery. Give your brush a thorough wipe on the side of your of your water pot before you start jumping in. But the beauty of it is, and then um, draw your line with your brush, make your shape, make your little, um, your little, uh, I'm looking for the word, uh, rhombohedron, rhombohedron I think is the word, I don't know. But anyway, your your non-rectangle shape, that's going to be your slopey roof. Um, Determine the slope of your roof ridge, just do it by eye, or you can hold up your pencil, whatever you want to do. Um, And make make as good an estimate as you can for the slope of the top of the roof, the the roof ridge. Um, and the, the, the roof eaves um, at the bottom of the roof, that's going to be um, slightly less slopey. So make those shapes with your brush and then um, soften off your line. Don't let those lines dry and remain um, permanent. Okay, so soften them off with a little bit of water. So you end up with just the merest hint of a shape. And the, the beauty about that is um, if you make a mistake, you can wash it off immediately with your brush and dab it off with a with a tissue or whatever, um, or you can just um, soften off the line that you've done with the brush and um, allow it meld with the rest of the the roof color. So that is my first tip, and and also by the way, you can also um, line up your windows if you've got a row of windows on a on a terraced building, or even if it's even if it's just one standalone building, you will find that the windows tend to be lined up. Now, they aren't always, but they usually are lined up. Sometimes they're not all in, in um, serried columns, but they do tend to be in serried rows because, um, I don't know, because you don't want the occupants of the building to have to, I don't know, bend down and jump up when they're looking out the windows. So they'll all be on, on, a, on a line. And you can use your um, watercolour brush, your brush with a little bit of watercolour um, to, to draw out a grid with a very, very dilute colour. And that way, um, for the window frames, the window edges, the sides and the tops and the bottoms, and that way um, you can allow it to dry. And um, once you fill in the colour of the building front, none of those lines will be seen. Meanwhile, you've got um, a nice solid grid so that all your windows are going to be lined up. Now, incidentally, the um, brush first technique can be used for absolutely anything. It can be used for people. It can be used for, I don't know, cars. It can be used for scenes from your garden, anything at all. Um, if the Where you just need to take that, that crazy whiteness of the blank page away um, and 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 cut to it, cut to a situation where you've got some good solid shapes. OK, so that is tip number two. Um, brush first. Don't go away. Tip number three, shadows. Now, we can't all command a nice sunny day when we're doing a building. But sometimes, in fact, most of the time, there is going to be a darkening, even if it's not in strong sunlight. There's going to be a darkening under um, bits of the building that are casting shadows. So, for example, under the windowsills, 
under the eaves, there's going to be a darkening um, under the um, under the alcoves um, of the of the doorway. So include them, include them. Now, in strong sunlight, you really have a great opportunity to bring drama and beauty to your to your building by adding the shadows. Now, I always use Payne's Grey for my shadows. A lot of people will use um, indigo and still others will use ultramarine. There are um, and other people, again, um, just change their shadow colours according to, well, I suppose the day's light and the climate where they live. Um, so, for example, a snowy, a snowy environment is going to um, give beautiful, clean, clear, turquoise and sometimes ultramarine shadows. So depending on where you live, um, your shadows are going to be different colours. But I myself find the Payne's Grey um, and the brand I use is Roman Schmal Aquarius. Payne's Grey is pretty foolproof when it comes to um, adding shadows. I add them under alcoves. I add them under windowsills. I add them under doorways, any objects that um, are sticking out of the building, um, like signs and so on. I'll certainly put those in. Chimneys, any shadows cast by a chimney always looks terrific. Um, Yeah, and the really nice thing you can do about shadows is, especially if you're on, if you're sketching on a day when the sun is going in and out, you can take a very, very fine nibbed pen, um, maybe in a colour that isn't so... Uh, so so obtrusive, something like brown or grey perhaps. Um, and if you're using a foodie pen, you can use the reverse of your nib and you can sketch out the shape of your shadow. And that way you trap them, you trap them forever before the sun goes behind a cloud. So that can be very, very useful. So that's tip number three, adding shadows. Tip number four is adding reflections. So this particular tip is very much related to um, adding shadows, but it involves the, the glass, the windows, the panes of glass that you are going to be um, painting. Now, um, I would suggest that your variety of colours with your pens, your ink, your inks and your pens is really going to come in useful here. Um, you can, even if I'm drawing the building in, in, in brown ink, I always make sure I have grey in, in, in some pen or another. Or maybe you're into black and that's that's fine too. But um. I love to draw the reflections that are in a window pane. Sometimes, especially if you're drawing the building from an angle, what you're actually seeing reflected is the window frame itself in the pane of glass. So a little vertical strip of dark grey just looks amazing. I don't know why, but it looks so realistic. It works especially well if you leave the panes near near it um, unpainted, completely white. Um, other than that, you uh, can do... Uh, trees, the branches of trees reflected in a in a in a window pane. Um, you can be very brave and very bold, and you can reflect um, a shop across the street in your window pane. Um, I don't know if I've ever been a hundred percent successful with that, but it can look amazing. The best thing I can say to you in terms of um, getting the reflection from across the street, try and ask yourself. Uh, what 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 are you looking at when you're looking at this particular type of reflection and ask yourself what are your values so which bits are the darkest the objects behind the window that are actually in the in the in the building in the shop or the house or whatever it is or the reflections from across the road so um you might end up having to paint uh, one or other of them in in just paint and the other in um in 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 a, in a much more bold ink color so um yeah, that's 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 a really really good tip. Bare branch trees, 
bits of window frame reflected in the in the pane. They look sensational. They really do. Um, I I can tell you that the 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 illustration used for this episode. Um, really sprang into life when I added the reflections in the windows in the buildings closest to me. Um, so that that's that's definitely something you can think of. Also, the window color, um, the the color of the pane of glass, it's not quite the same thing. It's something slightly different because different glass has different colors. Um, but you can achieve a, a really really gorgeous effect by choosing, say, um, a nice soft bluey green. I shouldn't say soft, really, more like a more like a cold, a cold bluey green and using that for your window pane colour. Um, but above all, don't do it flat and uniform. Um, let the colour fade out to white about halfway up the window so that you've got um, that. That just works really, really well. So that it's sort of dark greeny blue at the bottom or at the top and fading out to pure white um, at the other end of the of the window. So that's re- that is definitely related to reflections. It's nothing concrete, nothing's particular. And of course, you can do both. You can do bare branches and a nice um, greeny blue uh, fading out into white. You can do both of them in the same the same length of glass. So that's definitely um, definitely a, a very good tip. Reflections in your windows um, go an awful long way. Oh, one thing to add to the shadows, by the way, um, the shadows cast by the alcove of the window frame, they are very important and they go, again, a very long way into making a very authentic looking um, window. OK, on to the next tip. Okay, I think we're on to tip number five. Um, This one isn't going to apply to a huge amount of buildings, but when it does come up, it is a bit of a a bit of a tricky one to get right. And that is, do I draw every brick? Do I draw every stone? Um, Do I draw every slate? Uh, Do I leave them out altogether? Do I just suggest them? Um, I have found that you can't leave them out altogether. You lose the building effect entirely. Neither can you draw every brick because, well, it can look amazing, but it can be very, very uh, laborious. And while it can be really nice to uh, get into the Zen space of doing the bricks, and I'll talk about a really good way to do them, it's not necessarily something you uh, you have the patience for on the day. So here are two little really nice ways for doing stonework and for bricks. So um, let's do bricks first. So I do find that um, keep your lines. So so I'm going to refer to the lines between the bricks as the pointing. Um, and you want to do some very, very fine lines for the pointing. You want to make your lines horizontal um, for bricks. You don't want to you don't want to slope up or slope down. Um, and you I would advise you to go closer together with the horizontal lines than you think you have to. It just looks a lot neater. Um, if you do that. Also use a very fine nib, something a lot finer than what you have been using perhaps for the rest of your sketch uh, up until that point. Um, I would say um, I use the reverse of my 55 degree foodie nib and that seems to work very well. Make sure to do the lines before you paint the surface because the painted surface will um, cause your pen to throw a slightly heavier line. I think the paint seems to make a more absorbent surface for when you're drawing with a pen. So get those lines down before you um, put the paint on. So, of course, it goes without saying, use waterproof ink. Now, um, I would say as well, by the way, I don't know if you can hear Reuben barking, but Reuben the Terrier is making his presence 
very much heard this morning. So there he goes again. I hope it's not interfering with the with the with the listening too much. So I I I like to draw them quite quickly. Now again, that might be easier said than done because it does require a certain degree of confidence. And I remember back in the early days, if I needed to draw horizontal lines and do them quickly and sort of in a fresh way, then I would um, mark off. Um, the distances on each side of my um, my building on the vertical sides. So you've got your little ticks on each vertical side and then just just quickly draw the lines in between them, um, you know, starting from point A and whipping your line across the surface to point B and you've got your horizontal lines. But if you eyeball your your, your sketch enough, I think you, you, you will certainly with time, you'll get used to it and you'll find that you can whip out those horizontal lines quite accurately. Well, says me, I still I still look at them and go, oh, no, I've really dropped my horizontal on that side. So um, it's worth every time you draw a fresh line, just glance at your the line of your eaves of your roof or something else horizontal, even if it's the edge of the sketchbook itself, just to make sure that you've, you're giving yourself um, as, as strong a chance as possible to get your lines horizontal. So with the bricks for your vertical lines, you want to do them bonded as in. Um, each little tiny vertical bit of pointing lands dead centre in the brick below it, okay, in the brick above it. So again, remember to get the first couple that you're doing, get them right because they're going to set the uh, the rhythm for all the rest of your bricks. And that is why, by the way, I suggest keeping your horizontal lines quite close together. It just makes your bricks a lot more, um, a lot more brick-like and less block-like. So f- closely spaced horizontal lines for brickwork equals bricks, um, more widely spaced horizontal lines equals blocks. So decide which one you want to do and then um, choose your distance accordingly. OK, so what about stonework? If you're drawing any old buildings, um, I've yet to draw um, a building made of flint, uh, such as you find um, lots of places in Britain. I really like to do that and see how that works. But um, in general, for block work, uh, stonework, sorry, not block work, stonework, the, again, the stones are going to be laid, the, the building is going to be built in horizontal courses. So even if your stones are very, very varied in terms of size and shape, you will do very well to keep them on roughly horizontal courses. This can be really nice, um, nice zen kind of a thing to do, kind of lose yourself into drawing the blocks. Um, and I again, I would suggest maybe use a pencil with a very sharp point or a very, very fine nib to sketch out your horizontal lines. And then you can superimpose the blocks, um, sorry, the stones, not blocks, the stones, the stones on top of those lines. And you can change their shapes, give them rounded corners. Don't give them, you can do some with, no, I wouldn't do too sharp corners actually for, for stonework. They don't tend to come with sharp corners um, unless they're sort of mason built, which is again, you know, it's a different look. But for uh, rough, rough stone, field stone um, buildings, um, you need to give lots of little small ones for the infill bits where the mason has been looking around for the perfect size and shape stone to fit in a gap he has. And uh, so he's chosen some small roundy ones. So lots of different shapes and uh, sizes. And I'm going to say lots of different colours. So a good technique with the colours, the, 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 the nice variety of colours offered by lots of stone buildings is to um, paint your, your building front, your stonework, with um, a very dilute colour, uh, say, again, a very light paints grey mixed with a very light burnt, burnt umber. That's usually a good a good colour for a base. 
And you can vary it, by the way. Um, let the let the watercolour mix and slosh around on the surface, even for that base layer. Um, allow it to dry and then you can pick out your your stonework um, in different shades of yellow ochre, burnt umber, paints grey. Usually pretty dilute, but um, let the building on the day um, give you direction in, in, in that way. Also, you might find that some of the stones are a little bit proud of the building's front. And again, if it's a sunny day, maybe just thicken um, one side and the bottom of each of the stones or some of the more prominent stones just to show that they are casting shadows. And you'd be quite amazed how that makes them stand out from the, the rest of the building. So there you go. That's tip number whatever it was. Um, stonework um, and brickwork. And on to the last one, which I think is a really nice one. Okay, your last tip is the most attractive. It's the most lovely one. And it is adding life to a street scene. Um, there are two ways that I like to do this. One is depicting in some way the wind and the other is adding people. So you can't draw wind. So as long as um, you're nice and warmly dressed um, and as long as it's you know not too inhospitable, it can be absolutely lovely to sketch on a windy day. Because it, it is an opportunity to add great life to your um, to your sketch. So you can't draw the wind, but you can draw what the wind does. And one of the things that is very affected by wind are birds. So your birds will all fly. Um, they'll catch the same breeze or the thermal or whatever they're on. Well, thermal doesn't imply very windy conditions. But anyway, um, if it is very windy and the birds are just going with it, they'll all be lying on the same plane, especially if they're the same um, if they're on this, if they're all the same size, um, and therefore in the same sort of plane, or a little bit different from each other, some a little bit bigger, some a little bit smaller, have them all, have them um, all with their wings following the same axis. Um, you'll be amazed how that really looks um, lively and just fresh, just really really nice and fresh. And what you're drawing there is, in fact, the wind. In the distance, the very smaller birds, you can have them, um, let's say, at a 90 degree angle to the first uh, row of birds as the as the as the wind direction has, is a little different um, further away. But that that is a very that is a very um, that's a very effective uh, way to show the wind. Now, another way to show the wind is to draw if there's any flags um, in your scene. Now, flags are a lot more common than you might expect. They don't have to be national flags. Um, they can be uh, some kind of banners, they can be advertisements, they can be um, banners outside a shop, they could be bunting. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you might see some some flags. Um, and I love to draw flags. Now, it can be a slightly delicate balance between um, too much wind when the flag or whatever it is, is being driven, is, is going in all kinds of different directions and you can't decide which one to choose. You close your eyes and you open them and it's gone in a different direction and you've missed the um, the position that you that you were drawing. So that's that's that can, and it also can be a little bit of a, a, a fine balance between flapping prettily and hanging limply as the wind drops. And that can be a bit frustrating. So if, when the wind picks up, you know, and your flag looks just right, have a look at it, close your eyes, take a sort of a mental snapshot, snapshot and look at the image that's there on your retina and try to draw what you saw um, seconds earlier. So um, that, could, that can look really nice. Get a nice little curve, a little flick going in the in the flag shape. And with a very fine pen, you can always draw a little diagonal from one side of the flag to the other 
one corner of the flag to the other just to show um, the, the crease where the flag is flapping away. So that's that's very nice. Oh, and don't forget if it does have stripes, if it's um, if it's a national flag or whatever type of flag it is, if it has stripes, maybe give a little offset to um, to the stripe to, to show that it's flapping and there's a crease and so on. So that is definitely um, a nice way to draw a flag. Oh, and of course, the flags will cast shadows. So if it's a sunny, windy day, so much the more glorious. Um, in terms of bunting, bunting or um, little pennant flags that are fluttering away, absolutely delightful thing to draw. Little triangles strung from a, from a from some kind of a string that's um, thread threaded between two buildings. Um, the little the little the little triangles that make up the 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 bunting, they aren't really big enough to make a huge bit of a, a, a flutter and um, and a variety of a variation across their shape. So a really nice way to do it is to just give those little triangles a bit of a twist. Make sure they're all pointing the same way for one string. You can certainly um, point them in a different direction for another string. Again, that's, that could just be the way the wind is going. So um, and they get great colour and you know what they do as well? They don't just add great colour and movement to your sketch. They also break up um, They break up the airspace that you're looking into your sketch with. So they define the three dimensionality of your space that you're that you're drawing and they bring great depth of field. So a little series of um, receding lines of bunting is a fabulous addition to your sketch and is really easy to do as well there, there it isn't tricky like um like the bigger flags it's not tricky at all and of course it brings great color uh, just make sure if you're doing sky behind them if you can see sky behind them make sure to do your sky first let the sky dry and when the sky is thoroughly dry then you can uh, work away with your bunting otherwise you're going to risk uh, picking up the color of your bunting into your sky so yeah, make sure your sky is done before you do the bunting and then just enjoy it. Okay, so the last thing of all, which is the pedestrians, um, can be a little bit tricky. Uh, it takes a little bit of practice. I would say choose a plane that your first row of pedestrians, your nearest to you, the nearest ones that you want to include. You probably don't want to include ones right walking right past you. So uh, at some distance away from you, I'd say level with your your um your your nearmost building. Draw draw your first people and what I do is I estimate the height of their heads again. Not always easy because they might be walking away um or towards you at a fair clip. So that can be quite difficult. So estimate um the height of their head at a certain point and the way you do that is just take a sight reading um from the building that you've drawn so maybe a door or a window and ask yourself where exactly along the the height of that window um is the top of the head line them up just draw a little basically a small golf ball for the head um include in your body and all you have to draw is a little kind of a a plump triangle for the um the upper body so if it's a nice i don't know rugby player I mean, I was looking at rugby players yesterday on the TV and they are inverted triangles. They are inverted triangles. Uh, the rest of us are probably less inverted triangles um, or, or maybe a little sub rectangle, little rectangle with some um, some some rounded corners. That's the torso. So draw the head, draw the torso and then just uh, just throw on a couple of um, legs for each of your little figures. And you can put the hands, the arms sticking out a little bit from the sides of the body. Uh, especially if they're carrying a bag on one side, you know, that little balancey thing. Um, so you can do that too. Or you can give the um, the arms a little bend for elbows that are uh, shoved into pockets. But generally speaking, people walking along 
don't usually have their hands in their pockets. They usually have their hands um, hanging down. But just have a little look and draw whatever it is you see. Um, and now and then for the receding people, depending on whether uh, the people in the distance, that is, depending on whether they're going up the street or down the street, um, you'll want to raise the heads slightly going if they're going up a little street um, and they will uh, you won't see them so much if they're going down the street. But the heads get the heads stay roughly, roughly at either a very close level to the heads you've just done Um um, or you don't see them much of them at all. And you need to make sure they get smaller as they go into the distance. OK, so your your people are all going to be in a big bunch because people's heights don't really differ hugely one from, from another. Um, buildings obviously have massive height differences in windows and different buildings, but people are all roughly the same sort of height. So um, let their little heads get smaller and smaller and smaller as they recede. In terms of colours, oh, and, and just, um, again, just give them little torsos, little legs. As you fill in the gaps, you'll find there's less and less room for torsos and legs. But that looks great. It can look really, really good. Don't forget to use waterproof ink for your for your pedestrians. Um, if you have shadows going across your buildings, going being cast by your buildings, so much the better. Um, that'll really help your um, pedestrians look great. In terms of colours... Um, because you have your pedestrians standing in the shadows and that, that that can look very realistic, especially if you darken up the pedestrians. In terms of colours, I always keep my pedestrians to a minimum of colours. Uh, I know there are those who give them all kinds of bright colours, yellows and reds and blues. And that's really lovely, but that's not what I do. I prefer to keep them nice and muted, um, paints grey, burnt umber um, as a maximum, really. Uh, and then I might add a couple of colours for different skin colours um, onto the heads or the the hands, you won't really see much colour on the hands because they're a bit too tiny um, when you're drawing a street scene, but certainly faces and um, you'll probably be throwing in some hair colour as well. But that's 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 the least of your worries. You won't find that too difficult, I don't think. Um, so there you go. That That is a, a couple of tips on drawing people. Um, have some fun with it. Have some fun with it. Um, I I have been known to take a snap of people if they've gone too fast and I've missed them and I really have to put a person in and draw from that. But I can tell you hand on heart, it never works out. Um, I can count on the fingers of one hand the amount of times that adding a person from a photo has worked out. It's much better to draw them from life, even if it ends up being a bit wobbly and a bit weird looking. It really it's better to have the life than to have um, some kind of stiffness, which is accurate. So that's I would definitely say. Um, stick to drawing the people from life and add more. If in doubt, add more people. They always look terrific. And with any luck, you might even get a close up of someone doing something um, kind of cool. Like I remember, I only have the head of a father. Uh, his 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 son is offering him up a bite of his ice cream, a little boy. And uh, I don't think I have the full body of the man, but just the, the, the man bending down to take a bite of ice cream. It's just one of those moments that you can sometimes be lucky enough to capture on a street it just I don't know it's, it's it's such a small thing and yet it says so much um so there you go that's the last tip adding life to a, to a street scene um I hope you get a chance to use that well that wraps it up for this episode of sketch therapist I hope you've got loads of useful ideas from 
this episode, this special tip Sunday episode of the podcast. Um, I hope you get to use some of the tips you've heard today in your own sketching um, excursions. Um, I trust with the better weather uh, approaching that you'll get tons of um, opportunities to get out there and sketch your own buildings. Um, You know what? You can actually find loads of those tips in action in my downloadable classes that are available um, on my website, uh, roisincure.com, R-O-I-S-I-N-C-U-R-E.com. They cost a fiver, um, euros that is, and um, they're always available for at least a month, um, usually a lot more than that. Um, so see what you can find. You might find something that, that takes your fancy. Meanwhile, the live classes continue um, to take place on Saturdays, 4 to 5.30 GMT, but that's soon going to be IST with the hour change coming up soon. Um, and Tuesdays, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, GMT at the moment, but soon to be IST. So um, if ever you're confused about the time zone, all you have to do is um, punch into the search bar. What time is it in Ireland now? And you'll get your answer. So I look forward to seeing you in class. And uh, meanwhile, um, I wish you happy sketching. <laughs>